0: I hope you have a Bible with you tonight. Let's go over to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. I love the Word of God. I love the fact that uh, we can revisit and revisit and revisit the Scriptures and passages very familiar to us. We see things we've never seen before in those passages, and it's just thrilling to have that there. And, of course, that's the work of the Holy Spirit, the one who inspired the Scriptures, or God breathed, they speak to us where we're at. Whenever we look at it, God is speaking, and he meets our need in a unique way. In Galatians 5.13, it says this, "'For brethren, we've been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another.'" the freedom that we received when we trusted Christ as savior, our freedom is for service to the Lord. Our freedom is not for us to run with it and go live a sinful, carnal, careless life. God didn't save us for that reason. It is for us to bring glory to him. This is why he saved us. Now it's not a requirement for salvation, but it is a privilege to serve us. And it's a privilege to serve the Lord. And this is what God wants us to do with this newfound freedom that He has given us. In Ephesians two ten it says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. That's why he created us, gave us the new birth, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. But here in Galatians chapter five, because that's not what I'm speaking about tonight. Galatians chapter five, the passage continues. It says, for all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, but if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, this I say then, in light of what we've seen in in this passage, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Now we've looked at verse 16 many, many times. We've been through the book of Galatians, I think at least three, maybe four times since our church began. I know we went through it early on in our church and and that basically, that was very early in the church and um, you know, we had some people and once I went through Galatians, pretty much all of them left after that. because they were great with chapters one, two, three, and four, mostly four. But then when you turn the corner into five and you start talking about, okay, how does this salvation apply to your everyday life? Well, then they didn't, they weren't too keen on that. And so they, uh, they took off, but that's okay. We have better people than we did then. But we see in verse 16, it says, walk in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, as I mentioned, we've looked at verse 16 in this passage many times, and I usually emphasize that walking, and you've heard me say it many times, walking is a series of steps in a certain direction. That's what it is to, to walk, all right? That is true. But I want to emphasize something in this verse that is really staring us in the face, Now it is true that walking is a series of steps, but let me touch on a few points from the passage tonight. While it's true that walking is a series of steps, here you go, and this is your first point. Walking begins with one step. Walking begins with one step. Yes, walking is a series of steps, that defines what walking is, but walking begins with one step. Okay, We are talking here in this passage tonight how to overcome the lusts of the flesh, how to overcome sin in our lives. You notice it says, walk in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Let's begin here. Take one step, all right? People are struggling with all kinds of things today. And they're saying, oh, I have a hard time with this, so I can't seem to get on top of this. Oh, I'm living in defeat. Oh, I, I, I can't get a handle on this thing or that thing. Maybe you have an addiction of some kind. I'll talk more about that in a few minutes. And I can't seem to, to uh, get over it or kick it or, or whatever. Okay, here's key. Here's key issue in this passage, okay? And we need to remember this. A walk, God wants us to have a godly walk. A walk begins with one step. Can you do one step? Can we walk in the spirit for a minute, okay? Let's begin there. Now, uh, a lot of us think, well, that's, that's not a big deal. But can I tell you this, folks? Those who have lived for years a life of defeat and a life of bondage, It is a big deal to them. It's a very big deal to them because they can't seem to dig their way out. But it begins with one step. How to overcome the lust of the flesh. Take one step in the spirit. This is a spiritual step in the right direction. The right direction. Trusting in the Holy Spirit to strengthen and guide you. Okay, and as we take one step walking in the spirit, and I'll define these terms in just a minute. If we can take another one, okay? One step is a step of victory. It's a step in the right direction. If we take another one, that's another step in the right direction. Now, that's progress. That's progress in a life. See, our, you know the big problem we face? We know we've got issues. We know we've got problems in our own lives that we struggle with. And, you know, we, we think in terms of, okay... I've tried and I failed. okay? But let me ask you this. Have you tried, number one, have you tried God's way? And number two, when you fail, is that the end? It's not the end. How do I know? You're still here. We're still alive. God's not through with us. So it's not the end, okay? Remember this. And I'm gonna keep saying it until somebody can show me differently. God does not give up on people. He does not give up. Now, That's different than people will misread scripture and they'll say, well, it says God gave them up to this or that. Wait a minute, God let them have their way. That's what that means. He didn't give up on them. He let them have their way. He gave them up to it. You want it? Go ahead, you can have it. But it's not saying he doesn't care anymore or he says, oh, forget you. You failed so many times. I'm just gonna, I'm done with you. Okay, I don't see that. I don't see that in scripture. Take one step in the spirit, trusting in the Holy Spirit to strengthen and guide. Now, uh, listen, folks, this is unnatural, even for a person who doesn't live in a, an identifiable bondage in their life, you know, such as, okay, I'm, I'm addicted to alcohol, If somebody, let's say they're an alcoholic, they're addicted to alcohol. And you might say, well, I'm not addicted to alcohol. I don't have a problem like that. But you know what? The spiritual walk is different than a natural walk. It is one that is on purpose. It is one that we think about on a regular basis. Now, listen, I know that we can't be every moment of every day thinking about, okay, am I trusting in the Lord right now? Am I walking in obedience right now? It has to become something that becomes more natural as time goes on, natural in the sense of comfortable, but it is not a natural life God calls a Christian to. It's a supernatural life. It is not a life lived out according to the old nature, as we're going to see in a minute. It's a life lived out according to the new nature. That's a deliberate thing. It's deliberate. It's by choice. Simply put, number two, we do not have the strength nor the ability to walk in biblical victory. And we all need to learn that. And the very ones who are saying, well, I'm not as bad as some people are, are the ones who need to learn how to do this as well. Because that's pride we may not be walking according to some outward obvious sin in our lives in the eyes of other people. But if we are thinking I'm better than somebody else, we're walking in sin. We're walking in sin. We're walking in pride. And pride is just as bad as some of these other things. Sin is sin. We do not have the strength nor ability to walk in biblical victory, but God does have that. I want you to hold your place here and go with me over to Romans chapter seven. Romans chapter seven. The Lord provides the ability. And this is good news. And I'm thinking in terms of especially people who have lived a long time in in bondage or addiction. This is good news. There There is deliverance for you. It's there. Well, I've tried before. I just can't get a handle on it. You gave up. Or you were, you were trusting in yourself. You're trusting, you're white-knuckling it through life, okay? Going through like this and not depending on the source that will give us victory in these situations. Romans 7, verse... Uh, remember Romans, when Paul wrote Romans, he had been saved 25 years or so. He had been saved. So he's writing as a saved man. Verse 18, For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing for to will is present with me in other words i have a a right desires i have godly desires he's a believer for to will is present with me but how to perform that which is good i find not he says i want to do the right thing but i i i can't find within me the ability to do it I keep falling. I keep failing. I'm getting frustrated with myself, as you're going to see here. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Have you ever heard people say, well, real Christians don't practice sin? Well, there's a problem with that, because the last word for of the last word in that verse, do, is the Greek word proso, and it literally means to practice. To practice. Here's Paul, saved 25 years. He says, for the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I practice. He still had a sin nature. He still practiced certain sins in his life, okay? They may not have been like, uh, you know, going around and, and throwing spears through people or whatever. It wasn't those kind of things. But nevertheless, they're probably sins of his heart. That's probably what it was. Now, if I do that, I would not. If I do the things I don't want to do, it is no more I that do it, but sin. It's my sin nature that dwells in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Okay? For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my... Members, okay. There's this battle going on in him. And then look what he says in verse 24. Oh, wretched man! Notice I'm going to misread this. This is for John MacArthur. <laughs> oh, wretched man that I was. That's the way he reads Romans 7. He says this is this is Paul pre-conversion. No, it's not. No, it's not. Oh, wretched man that I. Notice what he says. Am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. You notice he had the same issue. He came to the point in his life where he had to learn, okay, listen, the Lord saved me from hell, but he had to learn that he also wanted to save him from sin in his daily life. He wanted to save him on a practical basis. And just like we needed to trust in Jesus Christ to deliver us from hell, we need to trust in the Lord to deliver us from our sin nature, from the old man. This is the walk of faith. There's salvation, getting saved, but now we're talking about the walk of faith. It's not a matter of sheer willpower. I'm not saying obedience isn't a part of it. We're gonna get to that in just a second. Our uh, addictions ministry, RU, which is just, there's lots of blessings going on in RU right now. But the pr- principle number eight in RU, it says this, it is not possible to fight a fleshly temptation with a fleshly weapon, all right? It is not possible to fight a fleshly temptation with a fleshly weapon. There, that is where many of the defeats come in our lives. Okay? There's, the, there's a fleshly temptation. And what we do is we simply uh, look to ourselves to fight that. Okay? It's like something's on our mind, occupying our mind. The fiery darts of the devil are coming after us, coming after us, coming after us. And we take this approach and we think it's noble or it's good. And it is, it is a good approach in itself, but it's feeble and it falls short. I'm not gonna think about that. 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 What are you doing? You're thinking about the thing you're not gonna think about, all right? That's not where it's at. What we need to do is we need to take, find God's solution to that situation. Our minds need to be turned away to get focused on something else. That is the way we don't think about, we don't think about that by thinking about this instead see it's a spiritual solution not a natural solution jeremiah hold your place here look at jeremiah chapter 10 you know i was amazed in preparing this how many passages in the old testament give so much beauty and extra meaning to the ones in the new testament when dealing with the same situation or the same topic that we're looking at tonight Remember the principle, it is not possible to fight a fleshly temptation with a fleshly weapon. That's exactly what Paul was saying in Romans 7. He says, I'm trying to deal with the sin in my life by me. And he got, he says, I'm a wretch, I'm a wretched man. Who's gonna help me? Who's gonna deliver me? And it's like, oh, I thank God through Jesus Christ. That's how. Jeremiah 10, verse 23, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Okay, even if we're well-meaning, folks, we cannot do it. We cannot do it. So what do we see so far? We see walking begins with one step. By the way, the name of the message tonight is a walk or a walk begins with one step. Walking begins with one step. Secondly, we do not have the strength nor the ability to walk in biblical victory. But God does have the strength and ability to do that in us, okay? To help us with that. Which leads us to our third point, and it is this. Spiritual walking is an issue of trusting obedience. Trusting obedience. Obedience, Not putting your faith in obedience, okay, but it's an obedience that at the same time is trusting in the Lord for the ability to obey. Speaking of that, go with me to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Spiritual walking is an issue of trusting obedience. If we just think in terms of obedience, that's where Christians fall, fall fall. You meet up with Christians who are no longer, they're not coming to church. They're not reading their Bible. They don't think about spiritual things anymore. And you'll talk to them. You say, oh yeah, I I got saved when I was a kid. I'm just not interested in in, in that anymore. Why not? Well, you know, I I, I tried it. I tried to make it work. It just didn't work for me. Just didn't work for me. Well, you don't understand it. Guys, failure is never with God. It's always with us. God can't fail. We're the flaw. We're the one who's flawed, not him. Romans chapter 6, verse 16, "'Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves, servants to obey.'" Notice, you yield yourselves, servants to obey. You don't just obey, you yield yourselves to him, servants to obey. "'His servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death.'" Or of obedience unto righteousness. Many of us struggle with the flesh and some have addictions of one kind or another. Now this is interesting. I went on a little hunt this week and believe it or not, I found found it very difficult to find uh, concise definitions of the word addiction. As a matter of fact, I couldn't even find one on RU's website. They had... Are you, are are you, do you find this in your life? Do you find this in your life? There's a list of things. And basically, by, are you struggling with this and this? Are you, are you going through this? Do you find it hard to do this or all these? And if so, you're probably, you have some sort of an addiction. That doesn't define it, right? And then the ones, the ones that it's interesting, the most popular ones, if you're defining addictions, they call it a disease. They're the top definitions if you look it up, Google it. Disease, it's a disease. An addiction is a disease. Now that's interesting with alcohol because you can actually go to the store and buy a disease or you can go down to the bar and tank up on a disease. Anyways, what is an addiction? Well, I came over this one, uh, and I'll try to try to say the name of the site, website. It's en.citicindium.com. Dot .org. Citizenium, I bet is the way it's said. Anyways, they have a good definition. Addiction is an uncontrollable compulsion to repeat a behavior regardless of its consequences. That's a good definition. Addiction is an uncontrollable compulsion to repeat a behavior regardless of its consequences. That's a good definition. Now, that's a, that's a top-level definition, that's not a street talk definition because if I was to give you that I'd give you my definition and it's this an addiction is any destructive habit that you can't stop or any destructive habit that you can't you don't seem to be able to stop that would be an addiction it's something you're addicted to but I like that one from that website addiction is an uncontrollable compulsion to repeat a behavior regardless of its consequences All right, let's talk about some I already mentioned alcohol, major addiction in our society. People say, well, uh, uh, alcoholism, it, it's a sin. Yes, it is. That's, the Bible says drunkenness, and that's fine. We get that. We're not talking so much about defining them. We're talking about how to get over them. I've counseled with enough people in, al- now let me say this. A person who's an alcoholic can go and get counseling or come to a program and continue on in Alcohol. That doesn't mean the program's wrong. What it means is that they're not applying it the way God intended it to be. They're not applying the solution. Remember, God never fails. God never fails. So how does a person get over this? Listen, I have a lot of uh, compassion on somebody who has an addiction. Somebody who's had something for many years, especially, and it's such a part of their life. I've got a great compassion for people like that, okay? So how do you do that? Well, I've counseled enough alcoholics to know this, and I'm glad that there are some who take the solution and they run with it and they experience freedom for the first time in their life. Here it is. You know what is right. You know you shouldn't drink. So then, are you going to try not to drink? Yes, okay, but that's not enough. Lots of people try that. Here's what you have to do. You have to yield yourself and you have to mentally and spiritually depend upon the Lord for strength to overcome that. When the temptation comes, you have to immediately flee to the Lord and you need to be crying out to him and keep your focus on him and praying to him, not thinking about your addiction, but thinking about him, meditating on the word of God. Okay. Obviously it goes without saying you don't wait till you're sitting in a bar to do this. You don't go to the bar. You might say, well, there's just one on my way home. Then you find another way home. Or you don't go out with your buddies and say, well, I'll go to the bar, but I won't drink alcohol there. I'll just have a Coke. Not a good idea. So we do what we ought to do. But we're yielding ourselves to the Lord as servants to obey. We're going to obey, but we're trusting him with the situation. We're crying out to God. We're saying, God, I need your strength. I need your help in this. Lord, I'm focusing on you. Lord, deliver me. Deliver me from this temptation I am facing right now. I'd say, well, I've, I've, uh, I've done that before. Well, have you ever had any success? Well, yeah, but I keep falling back. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. A successful walk begins with one step. How many days have you gone without a drink? Well, I've I've managed to go half a day, okay? You know what? A half a day is better than being drunk all day. Let's go on from there. Let's take another step. Let's go a little further with this. This is where the successful Christian life. Now, I know there are people who say, you know what? When I got saved, I didn't have a desire again. Not another drink, not another drink, not another drop since the day I got saved. I'm thinking, that's fabulous. Good. Good for you. But it's not that way with most people. It's not that way. Smoking. See, what it is, it's a mechanism, isn't it? That's what these things are. People get under stress. Everybody gets under stress, everybody gets under pressure. What are we going to do to relieve that or to help in that situation? How are we going to deal with the stress? Well, some people will turn to a bottle. Some people will turn to drugs of one kind or another. What does God want us to do? He wants us to turn to him. Listen, if a person is not used to doing that, that is a tall order. We have to be patient with people. We have to be patient. But you know what? It is God's way, and it does work. It's not a matter of does it work. It's a matter of will we trust the Lord that by his grace he will provide for us the help to make it through. That's exactly what Paul was talking about in Romans chapter seven. And we walk in the spirit. Yes, that's what we ought to do. Go back to Galatians chapter five. Look at it again. See, it's an issue of focus. It's an issue of prayer. And by the way, we'll throw in some common sense there too. Addictions are real, but a Christian doesn't have to stay in it. It's an issue of focus and prayer. Galatians 5 again, notice what it says. This I say then, walk in the spirit and look at the result, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Do you notice it doesn't say walk in the spirit and you won't have the lusts of the flesh? Folks, the old nature is going to be with us till the day we die. It's going to be there. The bondage to it has been broken when we came to Christ, when we trust to Christ, the bondage. But we can still go under the bondage if we choose to because we still have the old nature, the new nature. Which one is going to rule? Whichever way I go. Whatever I decide, I trust the Lord. Lord, you gave me a new nature. I want to I live a life that's pleasing to you. We trust in him. We obey his word, but we trust in him for the strength and the grace to do that. And he provides that. And as we go one step after another step after another, we develop a Christian walk. We develop a walk that's more victorious, that's more successful. And as we're doing this... We're not doing this. And all of a sudden it's like, hey, I'm seeing some progress. Hey, I can't believe it. It's been three days since I did that. That's progress. That's progress. That's a good thing. A series of steps is what makes a walk what it is. And so it's one step at a time. It's one victory at a time. It could be alcohol, it could be smoking, it could be drugs. How about this? It could be worry. Negative thoughts. There are some people who are addicted to worry. What are you worrying about? Well, what's going on in your life that you're worrying about? Well, I don't have anything. That's what worries me. (laughs) That's an addiction, to worry. Or negative thoughts, okay? Food, food addiction. You don't talk about that in a Baptist church. You know, talk about everything else, but not that big one, huge one today. Pornography, pornography. It is a drug of the spirit. Okay. It's a drug of the soul. It's addictive. It's satanic. It's demonic. And yet so many people today, it's part of their everyday life, but there can be victory. We have people in our church who've been delivered from pornography addiction. Do they ever have temptation? Probably. Probably. Do they still have, probably still have temptation, but they haven't been doing it? I know of one situation right now. Somebody, they don't come all the time to church, but uh, this person, they started, actually they started coming to RU and they had been addicted to pornography. They started coming to RU. They said, from the day I started coming to RU, I've never dealt with it. I've never looked at it again. What are we emphasizing? Just have more willpower. Just have more willpower. Uh, make, your, make your mug your God. Whatever your God is. No, I'm sorry, that's AA. Wait. Now, folks, it's Jesus Christ who delivers. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh is still there. By the way, it doesn't say if you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh, you're walking in the spirit. Because there are some lost people who do have some willpower. Psalm 37. Turn there. I love this. I love this. Psalm 37. Coupling it with this verse, if you're the kind of person who writes down cross-references in your Bible, next to verses, maybe this is one you might want to write down. Just maybe. It's up to you. You don't have to. Psalm 37, verse 31, the law of God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. Wow. The law of God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. Is that not kind of an Old Testament equivalent of walk in the spirit you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh? Yes it is. Yes it is. Back to Galatians 5, it says for the flesh lusteth or wars against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would, but if ye be led of the spirit, You are not under the law, okay? And then in verses 19 through 23, we see the contrast between life in the flesh and life under the control of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, the works of the flesh are manifest. I like to just share this with people, okay? You don't wanna walk with the Lord, you're saved. You don't wanna walk with the Lord. You don't wanna serve him, fine, here you go. Here's what you have to look forward to. The works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, It'll ruin your marriage. Fornication. It'll ruin your purity. Uncleanness, moral uncleanness, lasciviousness. That's living a life that is out of control. Idolatry, witchcraft, the Greek word pharmakia, drugs. Hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, anger, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness. Revelings and such like of which I tell you before, as I have told you in times past, that they which do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. People read that and I know they use it all the time. They'll say, Well, see that if a Christian does any of these, he really was never a Christian because he won't inherit the kingdom of God. No, no, friend. It's talking about the flesh, it's talking about those who only have an old nature, the lost. Okay, this is the characteristic of the life of a lost person. Now, can a Christian have these characteristics? Yes, but it's characteristic of which nature? The old nature. Is the old nature going to inherit the kingdom of God? No, no, it's not. Verse 22, but instead, the fruit of the Spirit. This is when the Holy Spirit is in control. As we yield to him, look to him by faith, that's trust, and obey his word trusting obedience. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, humility, temperance, self-control. Against such there is no law, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit." just a couple more verses in closing. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter two. God will never lead us into defeat. God never leads us into defeat. He leads us into victory. God never fails. We fail. We fail to apply. We fail to follow God's way. We do it, but God never does. Failure's never his fault. 1 Peter two in verse twenty-one, it says, "For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that that ye should follow in His steps. That ye should follow in His steps." Now we know the context of Peter here is uh, suffering and serving the Lord under persecution. We know that, but nevertheless, the principle holds true. We should follow in His steps. Whatever the Lord wants, that's the way we should go with our lives. And then let me say tonight, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ, the Savior, everything we've talked about tonight is for the child of God. If you haven't trusted Christ, all you have is an old nature. You wonder why you're in bondage? Well, you don't have a choice. Really, you don't have a choice. You're in bondage to the old man. The only thing you can do is trust in Jesus Christ as the one who died for your sins and rose from the grave. He made the full payment for your sin and he offers you eternal life as a free gift if you trust in him as the one who died in your place and paid your sin debt. It's not based on your good works. It's just simply by faith in Christ. Look at verse 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Look up here. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you are healed. If you haven't trusted Christ as your savior, trust him as your savior. He'll give you eternal life. He'll free you from the bondage of your sin nature. And then he says, okay, now that you've been freed from your sin nature, I want you to walk in the spirit. And you'll experience daily the freedom that I have in store for you. As Jesus said, if the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Well, friends, that concludes this edition of Voice of Assurance. Thanks so much for listening. And would you share this ministry with a friend? To contact us or learn more about our ministry, please visit www.northlandchurch.com. Your prayers and support for this ministry. Are greatly appreciated. Thank you so much, and God bless you.